everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, School Buzz. Today I have with me Krista Thompson and Allison Harmon, and we're going to talk about parent-teacher conferences because they're coming up really soon and um, just kind of give you an overview of what the district expects of these things and what parents can expect. So ladies, give me a short bio on each of you. Hello, uh, Krista Thompson. I'm the Director of Curriculum Instruction and Assessment, and I've been with the Lancaster School District. This is my seventh year in this position. I've been an instructional coach, English teacher, principal, vice principal, and a board member at um, almost every district in the Valley um, over the last uh, 19 years. So I'm glad to be here in Lancaster for the last seven. A board member too, huh? Yeah. Ooh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. Hello, I'm Allison Harmon. I am a district instructional coach. My emphasis is multi-tiered systems of support and inclusion. Um, I have worked in the district for, this is my 23rd year. Um, I've been a general education teacher, a special education teacher, a site instructional coach. Now I'm a district instructional coach. I've also supported on the admin side and a variety of other things. <laughs> Done everything, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so parent-teacher conferences are coming up next week, and this is one of the most important connections that parents and teachers can do. Uh, so what's usually discussed at this meeting? This is a check-in time. Um, it's, it's the only time that we officially have time to meet with our parents during the school year, so it's a really important time for teachers to share the progress of their kids, um, of parents' children, um, to share the strengths and to share any concerns or challenges that may be happening. Um, it's also a really um, awesome opportunity for parents to come in and share what are, what are, they, what are they proud of or about their kids, mm-hmm. what are their concerns, and um, to kind of ask the questions that they, they've been wanting to ask for, for two months now but just haven't had the opportunity to ask. So what are some of the things that parents should be aware of before this meeting? So we don't know. We know that um, parents have access to power school. Um, and that should be something that any parent, regardless of parent conferences or not, that you should be looking at your child's power school um, on a routine basis because that's where you're going to find out what the grades are for your kids, um, their attendance. You can email teachers um, through that app. And so it's a good way to keep a track of how your student is doing in school. Um, so it's a good idea to kind of come in with an awareness of where your kids are right now. But even if you don't have that, that's okay. Um, I'm going to turn over to Allie for the next one. Also, the teachers are just as excited, but also just as anxious to talk to you, to be able to sit down and have a conversation, especially these days when there's not as much communication happening before and after school, unless it's a short tidbit at the fence. So this is a great opportunity, but like I said, the teachers are just as nervous, just as anxious, because they want to build that strong, positive relationship with the parents. The other thing we wanted to say is that, you know, this is a, this is a full day of conferences for teachers to meet with parents, but it's, it's one day. Um, and teachers, if you're an elementary school teacher, you have, you know, 25 to 35 kids and parents that you're, you're meeting with over this day and a half. If you're a middle school teacher, you've got up to 120, 150 right, kids yeah. <laughs> um, that you're meeting with. And so time is of the essence um, in these meetings. And so a good thing for parents to be aware of is teachers are um, very excited to meet you, get to know you, um, and have a, a deep conversation with you about your child. Um, but if there are some pressing concerns or some intense challenges that um, are being faced, it would be a really good idea to just be prepared that you might have to set up a different meeting 
um, at a different time for something like a student study team meeting or even just another parent conference where you, there's more time to go into detail and make a plan for support. And that's, as I remember being a teacher, I would set them every like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And boy, if you got somebody that there was more that you needed to discuss, you hated to cut that parent off. You know, like, I, but I thought this is Joan standing outside. I've got exactly. to get going to that, that meeting. So that's good advice because if there's something intense that needs to be spoken about, start the conversation there and then set up another meeting uh, for another time so you have enough time to talk about what you need to. And having that patience too, if you're not able to come at your assigned time, um, realizing that that teacher may have so many other people that have assigned times during that, that you might not be able to just jump right in when you need to, when you want to get in because your schedule has changed for that day. Exactly. Because you've got that every 15 minutes, you've got another mm -hmm. parent coming in. Yes. And so if you end up being late, you might just want to call and set up for another time because exactly. that probably will not work out unless somebody else missed their time. Right. You know? <laughs> Should parents bring anything with them to this meeting at all, or is it, they just show up? Well, one of the things is I, we want parents to really think about all the questions that they have, of the stuff that's been going on, but they haven't been able to make that communication. So what are the systems going on in the classroom that they're not sure of? How are assignments being graded? Things along those lines that they're confused about. Bring those questions. Have your list of questions so that way when you're sitting down, you don't forget what you wanted to ask that day. <laughs> Should they bring like any past report cards or anything like that with them or just? Um, they can. Um, also, possibly if they are being supported by any outside agencies, even though a lot of that information is turned into the office, a lot of times the information goes into the QM folder. So maybe being prepared to talk about any support that they're receiving from any outside agency, any medical support that they're receiving, because there's a good chance the teacher is not aware of it. Mm -hmm. And then that way that we can design or the teachers can help you design a better system for how that student is going to perform in school. And if, they're, if, if your child is new this year or coming from a different location, let's say your child was in Lava last year, um, or you've, you've moved in from a different district or different state, you're absolutely right, Rebecca, the, um, a, a report card or some, some information from the previous schooling would be really helpful to the teacher if they don't already have that. I taught sixth grade, and so when I did parent conferences, I wanted the kid to be there also, because mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really important for the three of us, mm -hmm. or four of us, mm -hmm. to sit and talk together about what makes the child successful, what things that they need to work on, what, what are some challenges. Is it recommended that the child attend, or is that more of a teacher idea? I think it's always a good idea for the child to attend, because... You know, we have, um, one, it's a good idea to have children hear the positive things that are said about them by their teacher and their parents. Um, it's also a good idea to have your kids know that the teacher and the parent are on the same page. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and that they're, they're communicating. Um, so I think it's always a good idea to have uh, the kids involved. If there needs to be a conversation about some sensitive things um, that the child should not be a part of, I think it's a good idea to maybe think about scheduling a different time. So what, what happens if the parent can't come to the meeting that day or it's it's not a convenient time what what's what should they do so we are we're very happy that we are back in person after um, the last couple years and so all of our parent conferences are being held in person this year but we know that that can be challenging for some even before the pandemic um, it's, it's a challenge when parents are working and whatnot so all, all a parent or family needs to do is reach out to the school or the teacher to see if there's a time that they can set up a virtual conference um, to, to meet virtually I think that's great for especially our commuting parents because 
you know, you have to take the whole day off for that 15-minute window. Exactly. Um, exactly. That can be very tough, especially when you, you know, if your employer will not, re, you know, compensate you. So that, that can be very expensive for Absolutely. parents. So I think that virtual option, even though we do want them to come in and yes. see them and do the face-to-face, -face, um, that virtual option is, is nice to have that available for parents. Absolutely. And I know talking from teachers, they have been setting up the conferences that way. So whatever is the best preference for the parent, whether it be in person or virtual, they're assigning that time and then working through it. And they can even do phone calls if virtual is not an option. They can even still do the traditional phone conference. So. so I was not a middle school teacher, and I'm thinking the daunting task of 150 kids. How do they manage that? How do they do that? Well, um, unfortunately, you're not going to probably get all of your students' parents in the parent conference time. And so um, a lot of times that they will set up times. They have prep periods so that they can visit with their, with their parents or before and after school as well, um, depending on you know, if the parents need that time. Um, but they do kind of schedule them pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So you, at that middle school level, you're going to have some pretty quick conferences. <laughs> it's just about the only way to, to do it in the one day. And I know some of our middle schools have all of their teachers sit up in a big location like the cafeteria or um, the gym. And then that way the parents can go in and just go from teacher to teacher to teacher so they may not be assigned times. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. when you've got six or seven teachers, that, that makes it a little daunting to try to get through to everybody. And I would say if you don't know what the method is at your child's school, for especially at middle school, if you don't know what the, the procedure is for conferences that day, just reach out to the school and ask, is there a specific location that I'm supposed to go to or do I go to each teacher's classroom? Um, if you Just call and ask. Okay. Uh, so what are other ways that parents can help kids um, besides coming and talking to the teacher? What else can parents do to help kids be successful? This is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say a few things and then I'll turn over to Allie to kind of fill in any blanks, which I'm sure there will be. So we talked about earlier about power school. Um, like I said, when we've talked about being on the same page, home and school being on the same page, power school is a powerful tool to do that. So make sure you have access to power school. If you're not sure how to access it, talk to your student's teacher, talk to the school, um, and get that app on your phone, get it on your computer and just check it, you know, once a week and, and then ask questions of your kid. So we want to we wanna make sure that we're asking things like, what did you learn in school today, as opposed to how was school? Mm -hmm. um, or what did you do today? Because the learning is the heart of the reason why we go to school. So if they are forced to kind of answer that question, what did I learn today? Um, you might get a little bit more information out of them. And also our teachers are really working from the focus of having the students be able to answer that question. Right. So, um, so that's a pretty powerful thing. Um, Another thing to do to help your students be successful, um, again, back to being on the same page with the school, is working on a communication system with the teacher. Um, and if there are challenges that are, that are coming up, uh, not doing their homework, there are some behavior problems, things like that, it's really important to think about a communication system so that the child sees that the teacher and the home are on the same page, mm -hmm. that they both, they're communicating, and that if there's a system to positively reinforce some behaviors that works both at home and at school, that the teacher and the parent are um, in communication about what that might be. So the behavior can be reinforced both at home and at school, um, and hopefully you'll see some positive change. Be prepared to understand, like Krista was saying, what that communication system is, but if your student doesn't track their writing down their homework, 
how what are the other processes the teacher has put into place? Um, do they have a web page? Are they posting it in Class Dojo? There's a lot of teachers doing multiple measures to get for families to figure out what the homework is or what the support for the homework is. A lot of teachers are putting out support packets, support videos, things along those lines um, on their own websites or in their Google Classrooms. So making sure you're aware of those pieces and remembering that school is just a piece of the puzzle and then there's so much fun that these our own children should be having. So being realistic as to what are the good things that are happening in the home environment and being prepared to talk to the teachers about that too and seeing how you can coordinate it. We have so many kids that are involved in so many extracurricular activities that scheduling is a part of improving that ex executive functioning. In our <laughs> and so making sure to help support your student that you're teaching them to organize their time in that way so the entire household is not stressed out because all of a sudden the night before they had practice until nine o'clock and then there's a big assignment due the next day. Yeah, I, I remember those days of suddenly having to run out and buy poster paper and mm -hmm. oh, this is due tomorrow. Like what? <laughs> oh, I had one time where my car broke down and my son um, had all this homework to do because he had been out for a couple of days mm -hmm. and then he was freaked out because um, I didn't have a pencil. I only had pen. So I had to reach out to the teacher and say, is it okay if he does his homework in pen because he doesn't want to do the homework, but we're not going to get home until after nine o'clock. And she sent back a message right away that said, yes, he can use because <laughs> this is one of those extenuating circumstances. Right. So, you know, teachers want to be reasonable and understanding when there's extenuating circumstances. So we need to have that communication um, because once we know, then we can support better. And we've got some great tools now. I mean, we've got Class Dojo, we've got ParentLink, we've got a bunch of tools where you really can stay in communication with with yes. mom and dad during the, the school week, you know, mm -hmm. what's coming up and what, what to study for. I didn't have those when I had. I just had, <laughs> had my little planner. We did always write in our planner, but, you know, hit or miss sometimes right. if the kid actually shows it to you, yes. you know. I think something as a parent, understanding that your child is sometimes different in school than they are at home. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my oldest son, Samuel, I thought he was a studious student, that he was a, a you know, a respectful and, you know, doing what he needed to do in class. And then I was his sixth grade teacher. I'm like, this boy's not studious. This boy's a glass clown. He's silly and acts just like he does at home. But I thought for some reason that he was a better student than he was. So to have that understanding of how your kid may be different Mm -hmm. In a group of children, what yes. compared mm -hmm. to at home? Absolutely, great, great perspective for sure. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and those things. Oh, my kid would never do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they might. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies, I, th I appreciate this is a fast one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so thank you very much for coming in. <laughs> appreciate your 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 time, and hopefully everybody gets their um, parent teacher conference mm -hmm. scheduled, and then we get some great communication from home and school. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs>